do that and, and have to play the music so that people know that it's like actually about to do something. About what even actually works. Never know, right? All right, let's cut the music. Um, so today's Whiskey Wednesday. Nicholas is here with us this evening. Um, okay, so let me get this straight. That's an Italian name, and which you're Scottish. I am. And you're going to be talking about Japanese whiskey. What? Correct. <laughs> Can we just say you're an international man of mystery or something like that? So, what's your what's your official title with Shibuya? So, I'm one of the co-founders and I'm head of all of the stuff. Okay. So, I'm the whiskey guy. I put all of this together and I have four amazing master blending teams of work. Me and we put some pictures together. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it even sounds like they, they may know something, right? Absolutely. Let's we'll see if we're uh, supposedly we're supposed to find live on Facebook. We just don't see it yet. Um, why? Um, maybe he's like, or she's decided that doesn't really want us to. Well, I'm gonna record it anyway, so I'm only going So either way, we'll get on there one way or another. Um, really weird. Of course, that's. Let's, see, let's try this one more time, just to make sure. I know I hit Julio's letters on that one. Maybe I didn't. Oh, no, we did. We did. We made it. Zuckerberg let us on. Hello. All hail Zuckerberg. Um, we are on. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. We're here to talk about uh, Shibui whiskey. Yep. Right? Am I saying that right? Correct. All right. Look, great. And um, uh, with, uh, with a, uh, a Scottish um, uh, Italian. They're talking about Japanese women. So my grandfather, I'm from Scotland, I was born and raised in a little town. Put in the town. I know. That's just not going. <laughs> this is actually my New Jersey accent. Is it really? <laughs> if you don't understand what I'm saying, that's why. Yeah. Uh, no one understands people from Jersey. Sorry, people from Jersey. But uh, I know. I live in Jersey. That's not yeah. <laughs> I live in New Jersey now. But I'm from, from Scotland, born and raised in Scotland. Uh, my grandfather was Italian, so I have an Italian last. I don't get the dark skin and the good looks. I got a big nose and a last name no one can pronounce. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> Especially in Scotland. And now we live in the Northeast and, and being in New Jersey, but there's a lot of Italian New Jersey. So like, hey, Nikki Balaki. <laughs> 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 so, you know, you're laughing right now. That when he goes to New Jersey, yeah. when he goes back to his house, that is the way he talks. Exactly. Hey, you want to drink some whiskey here? <laughs> no. uh, but what we here now? We here now? Oh, it's good. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I moved to New Jersey, and uh, I have to explain all the time that Scotland is closer to Italy than Brooklyn is, and that's where there's a lot of Scottish Italians. There you so, go. Uh, yeah, seemed, but I think just because of, I'm in the Scotch whiskey and then the whiskey business, yeah. and then it kind of changes everything. So yeah, you know what will help all this situation? Drink some whiskey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So what, what are we? So we're going to go through the basically the core lineup that you that that's available in the United States. Yeah. Uh, tonight. So when did you guys? When did you guys start bringing uh, this product in? Because Shibuya is just. Fairly recently here in the US. Yeah, so we started to bring it into the United States at the end of 2020. Yeah, the yeah. time was fired up. It was, 
So to be fair, um, we part of our strategic marketing plan was actually to launch in the middle of a pandemic. So I think we really, missed really, We were actually waiting to go to the US prior. We had to wait for a pandemic. So you know, you know we struck with the audience. So yeah, so you know, my background, I've been in whiskey for 22 years. I used to work locally for McAllen, Highland Park, yeah. the Northeast, and yeah. moved to the States in 2010 to work for Balvenie. And then in 2012, I started kind of doing my own companies and consulting with lots of different whiskies from around the world. At that point, I met my business partner, Lauren and Rachel Simmons. And Lauren actually, we actually launched Nika Japanese whiskey into the US market. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what started my entry. I also got to work with Jim Swan and Cavalan, yeah. Ian Chang. And like yeah, Ian, Ian's a good, he's a great. great. How's he, he's, he's, well, he's moved on, he's in Japan now. Correct. Yeah. So they're going to be bringing out some single more. I think for yeah. the next three, five years. Great guy. Great, great, great. Yeah, I'll tell you the other time I drank him under the table, though. Easy done. Like, like, that's kind of what he's doing. Like, yeah, you've right. never seen anything like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, not like this group. <laughs> I, know, I, know how, I know how to play the odds. Somebody told me in the way in here that they brought a stunt lever with them, so well played. Yeah, yeah. Brought a stunt lever. No one understood that because you were speaking more Scottish. But anyways, <laughs> there we go. They don't liver. I got it. I got it. Don't think no liver. I know. I guess it's just not funny. <laughs> it might be true. No, a liver is an evil organ that should be punished daily. Correct. <laughs> All right. So, so tell me about the lineup that we're going to try tonight. And, you know, they'll get restless in a minute if you don't go restless. No, we'll okay. start drinking paper. So basically, for us, we went out to Japan, took us about five years going back and forth, and we basically found two different things that we wanted to do. We found a distillery in Niigata, which is in the west coast of mainland Honshu, Japan, okay. where we wanted to do wheat whiskies and malt whiskies and kind of world blends and educate and celebrate that world of malt whiskies within Japan. And then we went to Okinawa and we found one major distillery called Masahiro, uh, which we've kind of heavily invested in with, and a couple of other smaller distilleries that we do little parcels, really interesting listeners yeah. that we find them. But the goal for us is we have multiple grains, multiple styles, multiple distilleries, and, and award-winning whiskey. So, so this is going to be more about, so the company's sort of built on that art of the blend type. Awesome. You're going to take all these other, these, these kind of component parts, and you're gonna bring them together to create stuff, or is, is how's that gonna work? A little work? bit of So I'm I'm like Willy Wonka right now. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely like a kid in a candy shop, mainly because the Japanese whiskey world is relatively traditional, and um, and 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 it's not really driven. It's not really innovation driven. They they they, they take something and then they refine it to perfection. Yeah. But for us. What's really nice about Philly is I am innovation driven. I, you know, I've worked with some of the most innovative Scotch whiskey companies, and I get to go into these distilleries and, and manager cask programs and procurement programs on wood and, and do finishing and whiskey maturation and blends and create whiskies that they just wouldn't usually have done. And then we get to bring those to the market. So that's kind of what we specialize in. All right. So what? So let's let's get that. Yeah. What's the first one we're trying? Now this is out of your like this is out of your little flagship. Yeah, like so that's what everything else is sort of built on. So the first three whiskies, and they're all really different. So the first three whiskies are from Niigata, and then right. we're going to drink one whiskey from Okinawa. But the first three whiskies, okay. first one that's specifically is called Grain Select, and it is wheat based. So it's 95% wheat, 
five percent more than Bali. Can I ask you a question? Because sure. we've we've had this we've had this sort of like issue before. Um, and it was uh, guys I remember was actually with Starwood uh, from Australia. Yep. And they do it's really nice to see. And we actually bought a barrel from them. And it's it's grain. Listen, grain is wheat. Yep. In the United States, if I said to these these nice people out here that we have a wheat whiskey, they're listening. They they don't sound like grain. Grain is can be anything as long as it's grain. And a lot of them happen to be like like it mentioned Nika earlier. That's corn. Usually the their yep. grain was just corn. Yep. But the, to not say that it's 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 wheat wheat whiskey is maybe needs to be like. So, like we're doing tonight, yep. So, I talk to people out here that, that your grain whiskey is wheat because I think whiskey, wheat whiskey, wheated bourbon, wheat whiskey, it right now is really hot, yeah. I think that so, this is the only, I mean, as far as we know, we're the only um wheat whiskey from Japan like this style. Really nice. It's just for grown ups, it's sweet and it's yeah. easy, it's no cereal notes, flour notes, very, very easy to understand. Um, but I think that for what we do with Shibui, it's everything's about education in the space. Relatively speaking, the Japanese have done an awful job of building the category of Japanese whiskey. What they've done a wonderful job of is building individual brands within the space. But if you think about Scotch whiskey as an example, like Simon Rookin, one of the best in the business, doesn't come into a space and just talk about the Freud. He'll talk about Scotland, and then he'll talk about the regions in Scotland and why it's all important. Then he'll talk about Iowa. He'll talk about all the distilleries on Iowa, and then he'll say, and this is why Laphroaig is special. But he always ends with, and Laphroaig, the best best one. Well, yeah, yeah, right. So, but everybody's think it works for a little company called uh, Beam Sun Total. Yeah, yeah. Don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, I think they're going to do well. Yeah, they keep going. So, yeah. <laughs> it might falter a little bit. But, but for us, so you see even in the back of our, what's something that happened really quickly with our brand is we launched and we put on our website everything about how we make whiskey. And then I had an interview with the team at Whiskey Advocate and they were like blown away. They were like, this doesn't happen with Japanese whiskey. You're telling us about right. the stills and the distillation. And, you know, we're all natural color, non-chilled filter, but you're getting into the cask program you're talking about exactly how you construct your whiskies would you ever consider putting it on your pack so we took it right off our website we created something called beyond the bottle and we can give you a play-by-play -play of how we make whiskey now to me that is fundamentally what every good whiskey company should be able to do because making whiskey is very easy making great whiskey is very easy just much more expensive that's it <laughs> And I think, you know, the transparency issue, they're trying to solve that now. And they're, they're doing certain things that, that, that are supposed to solve that. But in a lot of ways, I think they're, they're going to, the way they have it right now, I think it's going to make it more difficult. And so, you know, it's up to individual companies. Like, if you're not, like, if, if there's a law that says you can't give out the information, then you can't give out the information. Yeah. But there's no law about that. Give it all. Give all the information. And there isn't a law that says you can't let everybody know what it is. So let everybody know what it is, because at the end of the day, we always say about what we're doing right now, it's liquid to lips. Yep. So no matter what you say, what you do, and how it's made, and as long as you know, if you're taking pixies out back and you're grinding them down and putting them in, make it great. Just let me know that you're doing that, and um, you know, I'll get Peter involved. But other than that, we'll drink the whiskey. Well, no pixies were hurt in yeah, the making yeah, of this. Was, I promise, I promise. So this is this is wheat, but it's matured in bourbon cask and also sherry cask. 
We marry the blend together and then we finish it all in Japanese Mizunaro. These are world blends from Niigata. And the art of world blending is something that is inherently built into Japanese whiskey because of the way that these distilleries wanted to work and effectively not work collaboratively for blending purposes. So in you know the 1920s and 30s, well, each one is sort of separate, they do their own thing, and you're the one that's going to sort of bring them certain places together. Yeah, and actually for one of the projects that we're working on without giving too much away is can we take multiple whiskies from different cereal types, from different distilleries that are not owned by the same holding company right. and blend them together. Yeah. And well, it's basically the Scottish model of making blended whiskey. And by the way, that's like blended whiskies in Scotland are outstanding. If they're done properly, they're, they can be fantastic. Yeah. So for me, it's not about trying to choose, well, if there's a single malt, like single malts are fantastic, but inherently whiskey is rooted in the agriculture of the country. Is it good whiskey? Is that really the only question? Yeah, it's yeah, a good whiskey. 100%. But if you look at Japan, like most people don't know that all malt whiskey in Japan, the biggest boys included, that grain that's needed, malt, malted barley, doesn't come from Japan. It's still brought in from Scotland or England or other parts of Europe. And these are some of these guidelines that, can, like you said, it's going to trip people up. Is fundamentally what you're saying is, in order to be a Japanese whiskey, you need to do something that absolutely happens in a different continent. That seems like an insane starting yeah. point for the whiskey production. So for me, it's about being able to tell everybody everything. Here's what we're doing. Correct. Here's what we're doing. And do you like the whiskey? Now, see, for, for me, I think the, the multiple casts that you're using to make this, this grain whiskey, which is wheat. Yep. Right. Um, I, I like with wheat whiskey gives a certain mouthfeel to it. That's sort of a, a little bit like creamier. Yep. And it, but it also lets barrel character shine through. I agree. And now you're using different barrels, and you're using really it's the almost the blending of the barrels that uh, the medium happens to be wheat whiskey. 100. percent So and that's, that's brilliant. That allows us to flex a little bit when your natural color, when your non-chill filter, and you want to talk about great wood and how oak can change anything. Because we're going to go from the exact same maturation tweet when we go to a second whiskey, it's just we've changed. We're going from continuous column still distillation and 95% wheat, 5% of barley to double copper pot still distillation, 100% malted barley and the same triple cask multiple. Uh, and in that one, I'm just going to say, you know, that one probably going to get a little bit more distillate driven. Yep. And... And like we're, we, I haven't had it yet. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Yeah, I'm going to do a real long fit. Like we do a seven day fermentation process. Yeah. So like we're looking to create a lot of flavor profiles and, and really lots of layers of flavor. And then even like I often think as well that mizanaro oak is something that's a bit of like a hot topic. Right? Yeah. Like even like it's, it's influencing what's going on in Scotland and other whiskeys from around the world. But mizanaro oak is, is is very powerful. And if it's used properly, so for us it's a finish. And, you know, I'll, I'll finish anywhere from two to four months in the summer, right through to maybe six or seven months over the cold, cold depends, so depending on what time we're going into the oak. Okay. You know, it's not, it's not a guarantee this is how long it's going no, to be. No, you're going to taste it, you're going to decide when. Okay. Right. And that's it. If, like, I, we went through 1,400 cask samples before I chose nine whiskeys. That was a really difficult day. <laughs> 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 you only remember one day. <laughs> so, so, everybody out there, you know, um, what do you guys think? Yeah, uh, I think this one's sweet. Sweet, right? Yeah. Nice sweetness to it, but it's still got a lot of flavor. 
it does have some sweetness to it, but um, you definitely can taste it. Uh, I think the barrel characters that are going on, yeah. and um, it's got that creaminess going on. Um, what's the ABV on this? Four fifty percent, forty three, so eighty six. Yeah, easy. Not show filtered, yep. so it could have some uh, fluctuation if it was yep. a little cold. One hundred percent, and it does, and that's okay. Yeah, really, but that's but, why. So don't come back here if you've left your uh, whiskey in the fridge and say my whiskey's broken. Fix it. Because it's just it's only one way to fix that. But no, I think really good. And it's got a lot of flavor going on. So there's there's some other things you could do with this. Yeah. Um, like a good highball would be that is my side of thinking on this one too. You like the highball? I do. Breaks my heart. Here's my thing. I think I didn't I don't think it's not, I think it's a great refreshing drink. Well, here's the thing is. If and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you may come over. To, I'm gonna try to get you to come over and remind me. Let's see if I can do it when I'm eating. Okay, I'd rather have. I'd like. I want a cool, refreshing drink yep. that still tastes like whiskey. Okay, when I'm having food. Right. That's why I like that. Okay. Here's where I would rather drink this on an ice cube or neat. Yep. But I would say that. For me, a highball is something that is being used to drive a lot of volume in the category of Japanese whiskey. Well, and yeah, but it, well, it's very, it's very approachable. That's fine. Listen, we have. You got to remember, we have over here right now the biggest thing with, that we sell. You're in Jersey, you know this. Is white claw and truly and <laughs> and, and terrible flavored seltzers. Terrible flavored seltzers. At least when I make a highball, it's a good flavored seltzer. My, 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 I often say it's like whiskey. Like so, here's the thing. Personally, I'm just I, I'm a kind of I'm a oh, I'm just a, I like whiskey's mostly neat or under. Yeah, no, I do too. But what I would say is that when when people were trying to talk me into highball, it depends on the whiskey. But I would say this for all the the main whiskey brands out there that want to own highball, if you need eighty percent club soda to make your whiskey taste good. You probably oh, need a bit of whiskey. You want to be a person. You want to be a person. You're going to be fine. See, now that I'm, I'm happy with. But that, this kind of massive dilution. Don't sell me in a highball because of how, how sparkly your water is. That's a terrible starting point for me to. I'm happy to want to drink this whiskey. Well, how sparkly is the water? Come on. I never used that. I have sparkly water. $1,000 machine is super sparkly. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. They spend a lot of money for it. They sure do. Yeah. All right. Well, I like this first one. Yeah. yeah. Lots of you. Yeah. Thank you. And there's consensus out there. I think they're not running for pitchforks and porches. <laughs> so I think you're okay. It's a good start. That's a good start. I spent the night in Salem while I was here. So that's, uh, that is that's 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that is true. I mean, went a little crazy at one time. Yep. They're feeling <laughs> those, those women were just doing what they should be. And yeah. Whatever. <laughs> People get crazy. Indeed. Right. All right. The next whiskey. This is our ready for the next whiskey. You guys ready for number two? Yeah. All right. So the next whiskey is is Shibui Pure Malt. By the way, where do we come up with the name Shibui? So Shibui is is no 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 no. Come on, guys, got that one. So Shibui is part of art and beauty in Japan, and it basically means effortless perfection. Okay. Uh, but in slang Japanese, it also means old school cool. 
Okay. And uh, the way that we operate as a business, we're, we're, I think it went back to what I just said then. It sounded like doo-wop music. Yeah, that's a weird old school call. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I did that. You've heard that all the time, right? No, I actually did it. Like, I'm not the guy that's not the guy that's not the Old school cool. So for me, it's about you know the way that the business used to be was relationship led, mm-hmm. the way that we want people to to, to I talk a lot, mm-hmm. I get paid by the word, but I always just want a whiskey to do the heavy lifting. That the whiskey should speak for itself. Yeah. And I think it does. And as long as we be as long as we continue to be liquid led in everything that we do, we reject more whiskeys, I think, than any company I've ever worked with on. On just on the style, not on the quality. The qualities are always high, but for us, we're really particular about what we choose and what we put out. And Love the nose of this. Yeah, this, yeah. this is delicious. This is again. Now, what's the now? This is pot still. This is double copper pot still distillation. Yeah. It is 100% malted barley. Again, it's world blending. Uh, it's matured in bourbon cask, all are also sherry cask, and then we finish in Japanese mizunara. Are you are you doing those separately and then bringing them together for the mizanata? Yeah, we are. So full lead and yeah. either bourbon, bourbon or sherry, sherry, bring that together as a blending blend. that, yeah, and then putting them in mizanata. Oh, one hundred percent. Okay. Did everybody, the, get, did everybody get that? Yeah. Yep. It's so, the rub that ties it together. Yeah. Right. How much time? I'm gonna go through all that. Like, who asked me that? Yeah, Chris, the, the, the youngest guy. I'll go through that. Shut up and drink your whiskey. I think already. What do you guys think of this one? No, no, it's really right? nice. It's really nice. So, this is this to me is what most people think of Japanese whiskey are. Like, malt whiskey made in Japan. Yeah. And it's just, you know, this is. And, and the other thing I'd always say is that we're in great company. Like, the, the thing about the Japanese whiskey category. Is that the standard is exceptional? Like Suntory's whiskies are out of this world, and Mika's whiskies are super out of this world. But then you've got like Bacano and Hishi for single green whiskies, yeah. and rice whiskies. You've got Marzawai and companies like this, and great malt whiskey. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, and I just think it's so like the quality overall is, is really great, and, and that's that's just, that keeps us sharp, right? We need to you can. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those types of things that we talk in here in the United States is, you know, like, you know, bourbon's so hot right now. And, you know, and people come and they 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 bring in like new bourbons and they want to charge $80, $90 for a bourbon. And, okay, can you, you know, solid product, like even like Jim Beam White Label, yeah. can you beat that? No. So you've already lost. You, 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 you're going up against some of these guys that are, that are, you know, these companies that are producing some of the best whiskeys in the world. Correct. You better be able to match them. 100%, you know, and, and and thankfully, not only are we matching them, and we'll get to this in a little bit, but we just found out. So, this is breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. I have a drum roll there somewhere. Nah, we'll put it in post edit. Post production, take care of that. Uh, so, you know, we are obviously. Oh, so Oh no, that's the wrong one. Oh, that's a. Go ahead. So give me the. Give me the. Uh, oh, you know what? We'll we'll do because we do this one. This is here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Give it to me. As we move on to a criminal ten-year-old. Uh, International Wines and Spirits Competition. We were just awarded the best Asian whiskey in the world trophy. So you're about to try not just 
great risk. And that, to us, that's really exciting because we're not just beating out the rest of the, the whiskies in the Japanese category, but we beat out all the whiskies from Taiwan and Kavalan and that, that standard. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one. All the single malts from India and from China as well. And India whiskies are, are, are the quality of theirs, stepping and stuff like that. Yeah, they're doing some yeah, great number of yeah, things. Yeah, 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 really cool. So for us, you know, when we get to our pure malt 10, that is, this is going to be, it's really exciting. And, you know, one of the highest scoring whiskies in the world and now recognized as, as IWSC. Where the whiskey judging panel, by the way, is like Richard Patterson and David Stewart and, and, and you know, like the best of the best, Dr. Bill Lumsden and these, yep. these kind of people and, and 101 other the people that kind of help put it together. But to, to go in blind tasting and come out for is really exciting for other people. Just go back one, just as I didn't ask. What was the what was the pure malt um, ADP on the pure? Forty-three percent. Forty-three percent. So, and what's the ten now? Same, same. Okay. Actually, That's all, all the whiskies that we're drinking tonight are forty-three percent ABV. Okay. We've just done, and interesting enough, as we're talking about these, this will be released later on this month. It's actually just landed here in the states. So we'll be coming in. We created two whiskies called No Caribbean Cara, which means from the embers. So we actually made some lightly peated whiskies, and I bottled those at forty-eight percent ABV. Okay, and they're insane. Both of them picked up ninety-four point scores at IWSC. But the quality, I like. I love working with Highland Park. It was one of the most exceptional whiskey brands. Mm -hmm. I'm working with uh, Max McFarlane, the whiskey maker there, and I used to love it when they would do those higher strength. Yeah, Highland Parks, like an old 25-year-old was one of the best I've ever had in my life. So I was kind of inspired to lift the ABV a little bit and just get it a little hotter to drive that kind of smoky sweetness through. Well, I mean, I, I just tell you, this, this one, um, cool. the 86 is the 10 years. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, very well judged. What do you guys think of this one? Let's get number three. Yeah. Yeah. Ten. You know, it's funny because we, we, we talk about this a lot, though. I mean, for Japanese whiskey, when you start talking like 10 years, that's an old Japanese whiskey. Yeah, it's not, I mean, Japanese whiskey isn't known for going these long distances. There are, there are 18 series stuff out there. I, I get it. But for the majority of stuff is like you start hitting the 10 stride and we're in other parts of the world that's considered young. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it, Japanese whiskey shows more elegance at that younger age. I agree. I think my, my sweet spot is between 8 and 14 to 15 years, yeah, and then around that point. Even our non-age state whiskeys that are married at different ages, but most of it's five, six, and seven-year-old. There'll be a little bit of eight-year-old in it from time to time, and a little bit of... So they are younger styles, but they're, you know, they're non-age state and blended whiskeys. But the 10-year-old, I think, is killer. I think it really is it's a big leap to get when she is there, is there some of that are in there in there that are probably they're making this up that maybe one or a little bit more like that from time to time we're we're choosing those liquids based purely on, on taste on flavor yeah flavor and aroma and so it's a beautiful tent thank you really nice. thanks very much you guys like it yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very good unanimous yeah. not one other level. no i don't like <laughs> no, no sorry Lisa, what do you got? The 10, is it the same as the pure malt just aged longer? Is, it, is the 10 the same as the pure malt just aged one? It is. It's the big brother version, effectively. The, I would say that the flavor profile is a little bit more robust. The Japanese tends, for the, from a malt whiskey standpoint, if you look at some of the best ones out there, like for me, Nika from the Barrel is one of the best uh, non aged statement of Japanese blends out there. You know, you've got Yamazaki 12 year old. So for me, Yamazaki 12 year old's got that kind of 
little hint of smoke on it, um, it's, but it's lighter in style. Like they're trying to create lighter style whiskies. I'm really not. Like we're really trying yeah, to create it in some way. Yeah, I, mean, you, I was gonna say you missed the mark. You're trying to create a lighter. No, style. we're not. We're, it's it's not it. we're not. And that's exactly it. And even for a single range, when you get to some of the rice whiskies, we're the rest of the rice whiskey category is very light, very delicate, really pretty. Right. I'm not looking to do that. I'm looking to go for big, flavorsome, robust single grain whiskies that perform like single malts, yeah. where we can talk about the grain of Asia, where we can talk about where flavors come from mm -hmm. and, and, and why it's why noses and taste completely unique. Yeah. And you know, for all intents and purposes, malt whiskey from Japan is exceptional. But the first time I ever had a malt whiskey from Japan, I didn't feel like I'd been transported to Japan. Right. You know, I, I grew up with malt whiskey and I I know what it tastes like. Yeah, I know what it tastes like. It was delicious and, and the, the, the quality of the blending was exceptional. But I wasn't like could it come from anywhere? It could have well, it could have honestly had somebody put it in front of me, and this I think this is true, like for pretty much for malt whiskey from Japan. It, 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 the process isn't Japanese, the grains aren't Japanese, you know, the, the, the blending techniques, and that's the skill set you, you know the, the, the Japanese would mean and on for, for all intents and purposes, it's something brought in. Created and constructed in Japan, but it's not, it's not, you know, you're inherently Japanese. It's not inherently Japanese. It's not, they're very good at it, but, but, but it's not. So you just want to break down walls a little bit, you sort of carve a little bit of a niche and say it. I think I want people to understand that. I think the assumption has been made because the biggest brands in the space haven't really gone out to educate in the space. Right. Not to correct the record, but to let people know, you know, this, this, is, this is not the Great Asia. And it can still be exceptional and amazing whiskey, but fundamentally agriculture shapes whiskey. So in Scotland, we go wheat and we go barley. So we sense that we have whiskies made from that. In the United States, the mash bill for bourbon by law has to be 51% corn. That's getting nothing to do with whiskey. That's to do with farming. That ties the agriculture of the bourbon to the whiskey of the land. And, and with Japan, they don't have that. So they'll talk about if you think about going to a malt whiskey distillery in Japan, the first thing that we'll talk about is the water, which is a really interesting thing because in the 1980s, that's what happened in Scotland. Everybody was trying to figure out how do we differentiate because there's lots of malt whiskey distillery. Right. So they would be like, water source. Yeah. And it was super Scottish. Like it was like almost ridiculous the way they would do it. You'd see these advertisements and it would be, I'm going to would have some guy in a kilt. Like a really over the top Scottish guy doing something Scottish, and and that was fine. But then the reality of it is, we know in whiskey that water for is if you were to look at it in a chart, it probably accounts for about three percent of the totality of flavour profile. Yeah, because all it really is is you know you know it's not like the water source. Is well, you're treating the water too. You're also making exactly. water, you're making the water neutral as much as you can. Yeah, it's yeah. demineralized, it's filtered, it's cleaned out. It's not like people talk about oh, we use snow melt as if they're shoveling snow. We talk right here. Like, yes, that's there's a fine balance between marketing and then the BS that comes along with that. But the reality is when you dig into it as a whiskey geek like me, then I'm like, that's not really worth talking about. It, it's nice, the stories sound romantic. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's not where flavors come from. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't determine the quality of the liquid. You know, your distillation, your oak maturation, the quality of wood, your master blender, all of that is going to shape a lot more than your water source. And and even like your grain strains and things like that. Okay. So yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. 
So let me say you're you're looking for like a, a normal dust flavors. Are you um, just picking those barrels from these? When you, when you say you're looking for a, a robust flavor, are you picking barrels based on that? Or are you asking or, the distillery to or to do something specific for you? Are you asking the distillery to do something specific for you? So we are selecting barrels based on flavor and aroma that are going to drive this type of sex. So effectively, what we did was work with our blending teams, whatever the silly happens to be. And we chose barrels and created our blend and our managed whiskeys, and then said, and can we keep replicating this over and over and over again? And we went through two and a half years of nosing and tasting can samples for consistency before we agreed on bottle. Because yeah, you've made one, but really, can you do it again? Do it again. See you in three months, do it again. See you in three months, do it again. Two years later, cool, we've got a brand. Let's go. Because otherwise, what have you got? Right? You got a lot of one-offs. Stop clocks, right? Yeah. Twice, a, twice a day, you know? <laughs> That's what I'd like to say, yeah. So for us, it was about, can we do it? And can we replicate it, replicate replicate it, over, it over and over again? And our master blending teams across all of the studies are insane. Like, they're just, they're some of the best human beings I've ever met. But they're some of the most talented blenders I've ever worked with. That's good. I mean, I think you knocked it out of the park with this one too. I'll have to agree. I, I, I don't know against all of them. I'll have to check that out. I'll have to taste them all just to make sure that they were right. <laughs> but a very good whiskey. So that one's excited. Definitely. Yeah. Everybody starts sending me samples. Who wants me to tell you? That's I'll give you my address. Are you show your address? Okay, good. All right. So now we have the last one, which is sort of this is a little bit outside of mm -hmm. what we've what we've just gotten done. The first three. Basically, coming from the same distillery too. Correct, right? The distillate's coming from there. So, so now we have now we have the last one, which is the white thing. Yeah, I'll tell you. So you want to explain a little bit about this one? So this to me is in twenty two years of drinking whiskey. The first time I ever tasted this, I was like, "Why have we not been drinking this from Japan forever?" Mm -hmm. And this is from Masahiro Distillery, which dates back to eighteen eighty three. It's eighth generation family owned distillery. It's in Okinawa, which is the southernmost prefecture of Japan, and a subtropical climate. So it's kind of like trying to make whiskey in Hawaii, mm -hmm. right? And um, it is premium indica long grain rice. Because if anybody doesn't know, the grain of Asia is rice. So yeah. I hope that's not a shock to anyone. <laughs> if it's a shock to you, you're probably in the wrong with tasting them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't know, guys. But it, but for us as well, like it's right. not all rice whiskeys are the same. So you can have. Most most of the brands out there that are making rice whiskey and that excellent are using what's called chapanuka rice. Very, very high-grade sushi rice effectively. Like it's super premium. But it's light in style, it doesn't have a lot of body or, or, or flavor to it. So for us, we're using an aromatic style of rice. We use the full grain, we don't polish the grain in any size, shape, or form. So all those you know, the fiber and the way you put into the mash. We use indigenous Okinawan black koji for the sacrification protest. Which is super geeky, but basically, it's how do you generate the enzymes that you need to convert starch to sugar? To right, and you're going to have to do that in rice, which is a different process. Hundred percent, it is if you malt because barley when you malt it, right, it's yeah. generating yeah. the enzymes. That's what it does. And and why you have the by the way, why you have the, the malted barley in that in your grain whiskey that five percent is to actually get that going. Correct. Oh, 100% and there's lots of different ways to do it. Like in the, in the example of Canadian whiskey, they'll just use liquid enzymes. Right, you can't uh, do it. 100% rye. You can't do it. 100%. You're going to use chemicals or you're going to use a process yeah. to get, get the, 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 um, 
convergent. Okay. So for us, what we're starting to do now is we can, I don't want to use the word terroir, but we're talking about agriculture shaping the liquid you're about to drink. And you, this is the first time that you'll ever be able to do that when you're talking about Japanese whiskies. And this is, you know, you make that, that fermentation. Again, it's about nine days, it's very, very long, so a lot of flavor and aromatics. And this, this process produces a massive amount of citric acid, which we're then, you know, using in a mash. And it, when you start to distill it, we double distill here. We're using a stainless steel pot still distillation. Okay. Um, and then we put it into a European virgin white oak. Explain, before you get to that though, go back just a little bit for me. So what are you using for the enzymes to get the rice starches to convert to sugar so that the yeast can eat them in turn and fart CO2 and pee alcohol? So we used indigenous Okinawan black koji. Koji, koji is like a super high grade uh, type of fungus effectively. Yeah. It's used for soy sauce production. It's got like 2,000 years of history of yeah. in the Japanese. And it's cultivated. So you actually create it for these processes. It's used for sake and for soy, different types. So you get okay. white and yellows. Yeah. But only is what's used across the board. Uh, black koji is indigenous to Okinawa. So not only could we not make this whiskey anywhere else in the world, but you could make it outside of Okinawa, Japan. Wow. So it's very, it's very like a, we can now start to talk about things that must happen in Japan right. to create that process. And, and then from there, you, you, you know, we generate a lot of flavor. You, it's quite an earthy distillate uh, from a first distillation. So some of our whiskeys are, are distilled once. And for example, our bourbon cast 10 year old is a single distillation. Uh, and you get much more of these kind of earthy truffle like notes in the front end, followed by this kind of tropical fruit salad. In this instance, with, with the double distillation, we distill that out of it. And what you're left with is just sea salt caramels, whipped cream, and uh, kind of like beautiful kind of floral tropical fruit notes. And some of some like savouriness. Yes, it's got like an umami yeah, yeah. On, on, on the palate. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Is that that that's still like that, that savory sort of thing that's going on? Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Coconut, coconut cream. You get coconut. Yeah, I, mean, I get those flowers too, but I'm I'm, I'm getting enough of some of the other flavors. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Do you lower the, the, the neck on your fill, or do you widen the cut to get to get more of the flavor instead of being stuck so, in the cut? How are you doing this on the still? How does the still look? Is it a, 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 a long neck? Is it long? A downward slanting arm? It's a swan neck. But a shorter neck might get you less purification and get you more flavor. But you're doing it twice anyway. Yeah, it's still, it's still doing it a double, a double distillation. Like depending on what your your judgment of tall stills look up your life. But for me, these are the fairly. If, you, if I think there are one, what odd about them is that they're stainless steel. That's that really the odyssey here. So we're not using copper. You know, you're taking out salt like correct. And you don't have to be. You don't have to get right. And the distillate is so clean. Right. So this is the thing. Not that every every everybody should drink in moderation. Right. Please, um, no, all of the rules of the road. But uh, yeah. but you can you can drink this and not like there's not really a. It just seems like such a clean alcohol to me. Like my like my, the way my body processes it because there's not a lot of um it's there's not a lot of junk in it. It's, it's such a clean distillate. It's such a clean process, and it just it, are you saying that the, the, the sort of the rice 
Yeah. It stills on a cleaner level. It, it does. And you end up with like a, a really pure style of alcohol. So it's a really easy, as you've seen, extremely easy, but it's not like a, you can drink quite a bit of it and not feel like garbage, is what I'm trying to say without saying that. No being the booze business should be like, keep drinking, keep drinking. <laughs> I drink with moderation. But uh, but it, it really is. It's, it's such a, a great. No, it definitely, it definitely creates a different uh, flavor profile. Yep. And, and that's going to have something to do with also, you know, we just talked about the rice and, and, the, and the, the koji and all of that type of stuff. But also the barrel that it's now going with today. So let's explain, talk about the barrel a little bit. So these are European burden whitening tasks. So in all intents and purposes, very powerful wood. Uh, we have, we're in a hot and humid climate. So what I, the first thing that I noticed when I was in Massive Warehousing was how clever it had been designed. There's like a, a, a fractional levels of windows at every level on a pulley system. So we can create airflow at the top levels and have other things so like it through. We can control the temperature because we are in this island, which is very hot and humid, but there's wind blowing almost all the time. There's always a reason there. So if you can control airflow, you can get a, quite a steady maturation process rather than getting these, you know, it would be very easy for these barrels to get a real hot temperature. So, so, right. so what is the, um, what what is your like angel share on that? Is it is it a high angel share? Yeah, the 8%. Okay. So it's still high. Yeah. But it's not. It's not as high. It could be. You can all have, you can have right. right. So we close all the windows. Okay. Might end up being a little bit higher, a little bit. And, and to be fair, I think if we if we if we if we didn't manage the airflow properly, you'd it get so high. At five and six years old, this would be darker than the, the color it is now, which is already this kind of yeah. beautiful red mahogany. Um, but but it, it'll start to overcook, and and that's always the worry. Like I'm never as concerned about the age of a whiskey as I am concerned about the quality and the maturity of the liquid. Um, and that's always a joke. I, I think any piece yeah. of whiskey make over that. What, what do you guys think of this one? This is yeah. like completely uh, different. Really different. Really so what do you think? Really really good. Good. Like okay. it. Really good. Yeah, the pitchforks in the I'm delighted to hear that. I think yeah. that now I hope you all saved a little of your first one. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to Yeah, it is I got a bridge. I got a bridge to the side. I got a bridge to the side. So, but you know, what's what I think is cool is like, you know, obviously the last one is the outline. Yeah. Right. But even even the differences of the first three, I think, really show very, very well. You know, even though you're you're basically using the same discipline, but it's yeah, for oh, one second, one. The, for the second two, correct, right? But 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 I think that you know the treatment is a little bit different. Um, what you're producing, um, strong lineup, thank you. Strong lineup, yeah, really, definitely. I, I don't know if everybody, let's hear it. Has anybody else had the Shibui before? No, no, no? first time, yes, first you guys have, yeah, we have a bottle of the Mizanaro. Yeah, it's it's well, so. All right. Well, that's, that's this actually wasn't a masterclass. This was an intervention that we set up. Well, um, first of all, I want to thank you very, very much for coming out and showing these to us tonight. You're because, right. you know, again, liquid to lips and education is the way you're going to make a, a mark in this business tonight. And, and 
this is a group, good group of people. And I think you might even have a couple converts that go on. They'll be your ambassadors for a while. Anyway, sit here. Um, you gave me free wisdom today. You made it. Right, so. um, but I really want to thank you for coming tonight and, and doing this with us. Um, for the others at, at home or listening to us on Facebook, this also becomes a podcast. Look for It's the Liquor Talking, wherever you get your podcasts, such as uh, you know, Spotify or whatever. Also, our radio show does the same thing. Please um, follow along. Go to juliosliquors.com for upcoming Whiskey Wednesdays. You're listening to us on, 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 on Spotify. You're listening to us on Facebook Live. You could actually be here uh, if you can make it here. Um, so we'd love to have you. And, uh, and thank you all for listening to us here. I'm going to get, we'll get a couple more things to go over the, for the people that are here. But I'll say goodbye to all the Facebook and the uh, people. Uh, have a nice night.